back to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonica.com. Anthropogenic climate change does not exist in practice. We've got that story plus social surveillance. But first, score another one for the crazy conspiracists. You've heard of weaponized social media, weaponized drones, but now the one that happened decades ago. James, I'm kind of surprised about this one. House orders Pentagon to say if it weaponized ticks and released them. This coming via roll call, the House quietly voted last week to require the Pentagon Inspector General to tell Congress whether the department experimented with weaponizing disease-carrying insects and whether they were released into the public realm either accidentally or on purpose. The unusual proposal took the form of an amendment that was adopted by voice vote July 11th during House debate on the fiscal 2020 defense authorization bill, which lawmakers passed the following day. The amendment by New Jersey Republican Christopher H. Smith says the inspector general shall conduct a review of whether the Department of Defense experimented with ticks and other insects regarding use as a biological weapon between the years of 1950 and 1975. If the answer is yes, then the IG must provide the House and Senate Armed Services Committee with a report on the experiment's scope and whether any ticks or insects used in such experiments were released outside of any laboratory by accident or experiment design. The amendment is an attempt to confirm or deny reports that Pentagon researchers at places such as Fort Detrick in Maryland or more specifically perhaps Plum Island in New York implanted diseases into insects to learn about the effects of biological weapons and also looked into using such insects to disseminate biological agents. Tricky Dick banned U.S. government research into biological weapons in 69, but research into protecting U.S. military personnel from some such agents may have continued, that Representative Smith said in an interview. A book written by Chris Newby, she was actually bitten by a tick and got Lyme disease, called Bitten, written, or rather published in 2019, this year, makes the case that the Defense Department research occurred and hence a possible connection between the experiments and the spread of maladies such as Lyme disease, which is borne by ticks. Bitten, the secret history of Lyme disease and biological weapons. Another book, James, I was just joking with you, this is my second week of a bibliographic uh, visual aid. Michael Christopher Carroll published 15 years ago, Lab 257, the disturbing story of the government's secret Plum Island germ laboratory. I've referenced it many, many times through the media monarchy years. I'll leave links to that. I'll leave links to more about Lab 257. James, do you think we can maybe get Plum Island Raid trending instead of the Area 51 thing? Good God. Hey, why not both? Storm Area 51 <laughs> and Storm Plum Island and Storm Orgy Island and Storm all these other government facilities and billionaire pedophile hideouts and all the other places that they don't want you to go. I think uh, Storm the Bastille uh, is coming back in vogue. Uh, I think we're living in that political climate. So let's just add this one to the list, maybe. Uh, but yes, uh, clearly some an interesting development, as you say. It's surprising that this has suddenly become an issue that has not only gained traction, but is now at least they are making official moves to officially uh, potentially launch an investigation. And as always, in fact, exactly as last week when we were discussing the Epstein case, but I, I realize not a lot of people actually picked up on what I was really saying there, so I'll reiterate it here in this context. Yes, we can be cynical and say, well, they're just going to cover it up. And yes, I mean, clearly they're not going to open the doors on all of the secretive bioweapons test testing they've ever done. But at the very least, once again, this does open the window to this conversation in the general public. 
uh, to a topic that has been verboten amongst polite and uh, acceptable discourse. If you're in normie land, you can't talk about conspiracy. Oh, but Congress is investigating the weaponization of ticks and bioweapons. And what what do we know about this? What's really going on? So this is, again, another opportunity for us to come in with real documented information. I haven't done a lot of research on uh, Lyme disease in particular, or the the ticks. I know you've you've talked about it before in Lab 257 and that, but I have, for example, talked about um, bioweapons and human experimentation a number of times, perhaps most recently in the top five conspiracy theories that turned out to be true podcast episode, but perhaps more voluminously in A Brief History of Biowarfare, a podcast that I did one decade ago back in 2009. Um, and this is a topic that we'll, I'm sure, keep coming back to because there is a lot more here. And it's one of those subjects. It's one of the subjects that is very closely guarded because it does get closer to the crown jewels of the, the real research that's going on under the hood, so to speak. And this is the type of information that people die over. Uh, citation needed? Well, then let's uh, refer people back to my requiem for the suicided on Dr. David Kelly and the type of information that he was privy to in his work as a bio-weapons expert, shall we say. So this is highly sensitive, uh, highly important, and I'm not holding my breath that Congress is going to come out and spill the beans and we're going to find out everything, but even that this is happening is, as you say, rather surprising, and it does provide that window, that uh, foot in the door, where we can provide real information to people who are perhaps now willing to listen to it. I actually, I, I sent this story to one of my normie friends who I always refer to on my shows as my millennial friend. And he replied with WTF, WTF, WTF. That might be a typical sort of response, but I know he knows that it's, that it's, that it's real stuff. James, it's these last several weeks on New World Next Week, I feel like we've just kind of been hitting these kind of massive big stories that we've covered for 15 years and it's like oh just oh yeah we have the other all rapists and murders and bioweapons and yeah it's just all coming out is this could be just part of this is the sort of you know the revelation of the method that it is all coming out because they know they might be about to pull some next big move but again i i you know like like garrison said let justice be done though the heavens fall i want it all out all out in the public so that's a great way to start episode 380 of Neural Next Week for July 18th, 2019. And I think it transitions pretty well into our second story. Keeping on like the the big, massive stories, James. Scientists find man-made climate change doesn't exist in practice. A new scientific study could bust wide open deeply flawed fundamental assumptions underlying controversial climate legislation and initiatives such as, of course, the Green New Deal. Namely, the degree to which climate change is driven by natural phenomena versus man-made issues measured, of course, by Goldman Sachs and Al Gore's your carbon footprint. Scientists in Finland found practically no anthropogenic man-made climate change after a series of studies. During the last hundred years, the temperature increased about 0.1% Celsius because of carbon dioxide. The human contribution was about 0.01% Celsius. Or, or at that, yeah, yeah, Celsius. We're talking about uh, temperatures. The Finnish researchers bluntly state in one among a series of papers, and we'll include those in the links. This has been corroborated by a team at Kobe University in Japan, which furthered the Finnish researchers' theory, saying new evidence suggests that high-energy particles from space, known as galactic cosmic rays, affect the Earth's climate by increasing cloud cover, causing an umbrella effect. 
The Just Study published study has found a summary of which released it in Science Journal, which we will also link to. The findings are hugely significant given this umbrella effect, an entirely natural occurrence could be the prime driver of climate warming and not man-made factors. If we pay attention to the fact that only a small part of the increased CO2 concentration is anthropogenic, we have to recognize that the anthropogenic climate change does not exist in practice, the researchers conclude. The study is called Winter Monsoons Became Stronger During Geomagnetic Reversal, but we'll include the link straight to the PDF research. No experimental evidence for the significant anthropogenic climate change. James, is this a, another kind of blockbuster story, or am I maybe reading too much into this and we don't know enough yet about these studies? Uh, well, th uh, yes, if this was a single study and this was the only sort of data that we had to go on, it would just be a starting point. But it isn't a starting point. It comes within the context of a lot of research that's been done about uh, the sun and its driving of cloud formation and how that is a, a, a feedback in the climate system that uh, disproves the anthropogenic global warming hypothesis. And there's a lot of research on that. I've talked, uh, for example, to uh, his name is going to escape my mind at the moment but i did talk to him <laughs> about his work on cloud formation and all of that several years ago now anyway i'll i'm sure i'll think of it before the end of the episode you did say 0.1 percent celsius and 0.01 percent celsius you meant of course degrees celsius but um i hope people will look into this this latest research and and hopefully into the context of this research that shows that yes newsflash it's the sun, stupid. Not a uh, difficult uh, thing to uh, conclusion to come to when you're looking at the data objectively, but no one is. And I, I'm certainly not holding my breath for the uh, climate doomsayers to actually admit that they have been chicken littles uh, crying about nothing. It's almost like this is based on nothing really scientific. Uh, as evidenced by, you will remember from uh, my shock UN warning just three years left to save the earth video um, from 2017 where the UN was saying we had until 2020 essentially um, and I went through all of the various predictions of doom that have come and gone over the years including one that Prince Charles issued back in 2009 just 96 months to save the world says Prince Charles uh, and when that 96 months is expired in 2015, suddenly we have just 35 years to save the planet from climate change. And now here we are in July 2019, and now we have the next 18 months will decide climate change success, says Prince Charles. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like they're just picking numbers randomly out of a hat, and it has no basis in scientific research whatsoever. Oh, wait, that's exactly what's happening. But... I, I'm sure, as always, I will get a lot of feedback from people who say, but James, just because these inbred eugenics-obsessed elites who are completely lying to us about everything and ha don't have our best interests in mind are wrong about everything, doesn't mean they're wrong about this. Well, actually, in this case, yes, it does mean that they're wrong about this. And here's another study, another link in the chain proving that it is the sun driving climate. James, actually, just this past week, I always do my This Day in History every morning on the shows. The Prince Charles 96 months warning is 10 years old this very week. And, and again, this is a, a, something else I, I, I talk about a lot on the show, as you do as well. It is no normal person really wants to be destructive and awful and wreck everything. Your natural inclination is to want to be a nice person who cleans up after themselves. All of that is being misdirected. And, and like you're saying, as the Club of Rome wrote, 
blaming people for climate would fit the bill. And they that's how they're going to try and, and, and are doing it, drastically rearranging society. Or like they might be giant said, the sun is a massive incandescent gas. James, our third and final story here on Neural Next Week. FBI to ramp up social media surveillance as if there wasn't enough already on the worldwide wiretap. Now it's just just open. The FBI plans to step up its efforts to gather information from social media, issuing a call last week for a new tool to monitor Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and other fangster platforms in a timely fashion. Citing the use of social media by terrorist groups, domestic threats, criminal organizations, and foreign intelligence services, the FBI needs near real-time access to a full range of social media exchanges in order to obtain the most current information available according to the request for a proposal. And we, we've got the link to that from the Federal Budget Office. It's where they basically put out their bid saying, hey, can anybody build us this thing to spy on everybody? In addition to information such as user IDs, the feds are interested in emails, IP addresses, telephone numbers, likely aliases used over social media. The tool would also allow for location-based tracking, persistent keyword monitoring, and access to one's social media history. The FBI has justified the tool by claiming it's in response to an increasing number of threats to U.S. national interests that are identifiable with ever greater frequency through social media platforms. Now, I'm assuming some of those are, of course, the patsies that the FBI put up to causing bombs and I'm doing all that good stuff. But James, social media alerting is the PDF from the federal budget office. I don't don't know what to say about, about the fangsters anymore, James. What is there to be said that we haven't said many times, many ways, most recently, of course, in the secrets of Silicon Valley, where people can find that, yes, the military industrial complex was there at the birth of Silicon Valley and at the birth of the big tech companies that we now know as the Internet these days. The Internet is Google and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest and whatever else, right? I mean, this is the Internet. Well, guess what? All of these countries, companies have their ties back to the U.S. government and its various apparati, apparatuses, apparatuses, apparatus. <laughs> I'm just going to start making words up here. Um, and so this should come as no surprise that these tools, which were invented and developed specifically to harvest data on people and then to database that harvested information so that uh, computer predictive models of uh, societal behavior could be more easily used by the Pentagon, is being used to harvest data on people. Wow! Who would have thunk it? Well, again, we've talked about this many times. I will direct people back to the secrets of Silicon Valley and to my episode 332 on the weaponization of social media. I, you know, at this point, this shouldn't be surprising to anyone paying attention. But, hmm, I, I wonder, so what? what's the solution to this, then? You're asking me? I'm asking everyone out there. These <laughs> these uh, social media platforms are there to harvest your data for the government. So what should we do about that? Ask stop the government to stop the social media? Yeah. From, I don't know. I don't think that sounds like a really reasonable plan to me. But I'll, I'll leave that up to the audience. That's that's it. They'll say, please don't throw us into the briar patch, and they'll work together on these new bits of regulation. James, I mean, we don't even have it here in the show notes, but there's already congressional hearings about FedBook's, you know, crypto coin that we just talked about a couple of weeks ago. Seems they did act pretty quickly in that kind of situation. Again, it seems like everything's kind of spilling all out at once. 
Indeed. Well, uh, we will continue to monitor the spill out. I think there might be some related stories even to this story that we're covering here. I just wanted to throw in a couple of other related because they are things, again, that we have discussed here in the past on New World. Next week, 300 Californian cities secretly have access to Palantir. So that's the sort of somewhat secretive way they're tracking and tracing everyone. Well, they'll just come and take it from you, the things that you know you're not willingly giving to them via the fang. Armies of fake accounts ruined Twitter in the Middle East and leaked images, this is the interesting one to me, show U.S.-backed MKO terror social media operations against Iran. There are these photos, shows all kinds of people all sitting at computers that allege to show essentially they're fighting the net like an enemy weapon system. There are real humans engaging people with propaganda all around the world on all the major platforms. James, I had it on, you know, Twitter's my one main one I've, I've stuck with through all these years. With the Navy SEAL story from a couple of weeks ago, you know, the guy that murdered the 12-year-old kid and got away with it? I covered that story a lot, and I was getting these responses from people on Twitter whose accounts were created in April of 2019 who didn't follow me. I didn't use the guy's name in a hashtag, which I had previously, and they're just showing up out of the woodwork, basically talking about government talking points. He did what he did, blah, blah, blah. And I asked the guy, where did you where do you serve? And he deleted all of his tweets and just kind of disappeared. So there are, I believe, as if we don't know this, spooks actively engaging people online. And these folks running the MKO terrorist social media operations against Iran are pretty much funded and fostered by the neocon swamp things like 9-11 suspect Rudy Giuliani and, of course, the murderous mustache of John Bolton. Meanwhile, James Weir, this is another one of those great radio transitions, we're funded and fostered by the audience's support. We make ad-free, snake-oil-free media that can only exist with your support. I stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. It's like the best radio station you've never heard. James. Dr. Richard Lindzen was the name I was looking for, so I will throw the link back to Interview 255 from the archives, and you will forgive me for forgetting that uh, that name, but it has been nine years since I talked to him, so perhaps you'll forgive me in my old age. But yes, Dr. Richard Lindzen has been talking about some of these, uh, these issues before, so I'll direct people there. We'll direct people to our respective sites for more on this and other breaking news and information. James, we'll leave it there for this week. Looking forward to it again. All right, buddy. Thanks. Take care.